Welcome back to Inside Fantasy Football. Today we're going to go over some early season situations, some running back situations, what to do with certain players and their ADP, how to handle holdouts. There's a few holdouts on the high end, players that are looking to get paid, what to do draft wise as far as dealing with these you know, top 10 players, top 20 players that are holding out and what to do. Uh, I'll include some keeper talk there as well. Uh, we're going to do some Larry Fitz talk, uh, where his ADP is and how to handle uh, Larry Fitz. A lot of people have him fading and retiring. Some people have him surprising some people. I'll give you my opinion on Larry Fitz and what to do with him. And then lastly, I wanted to get to Dalvin Cook. I know he is a top-end talent-wise running back in the NFL. RB1, hands-down top-10 running back in the NFL. Uh, But I've got some opinions on Dalvin Cook and how to handle him this year. I have him in a couple leagues, and I have to admit, uh, in both leagues, I'm really thinking about some trade bait with Dalvin Cook. Uh, But the upside is so high, um, it's a debate Uh, that I thought I would talk about today on the podcast to see if I could help anybody else in a similar situation. Uh, First of all, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at InsideFFWT. That is Inside at InsideFFWT. That is our Twitter handle. You can also get in touch with me, which I've been dealing with a lot of this the past few days. Uh, Emails at Todd'sFantasyPicks at gmail.com. Had a lot of returning emails, a lot of very interesting questions. Uh, fantasy season is definitely roaring. There is a lot of talk out there, uh, a lot of hype uh, that is pushing some guys uh, way too high in drafts, but that is how it goes early in the draft season in fantasy football. A lot of excitement, a lot of players get bumped, uh, and as the preseason goes along, you get a lot of info coming in. Uh, things seem to usually uh, balance out by mid-August, and you get some really solid ADPs at that time. Today, we're going to go. The first thing I want to go over is Barber and Jones, the running back situation in Tampa Bay. Uh, this is an early season situation. We're going to kind of see how this plays out, and it might play itself out throughout the preseason, and this won't even be an issue going into the regular season. Uh, but there's a lot of people questioning what to do. With this situation, is Barber an RB2? Is he going to be in a timeshare with Jones? Is Jones going to make that next step from a very disappointing rookie campaign? Right now, I am leaning towards Jones. uh, Stealing some time from Barber and possibly breaking out this year. I have him as a deep, deep sleeper right now on my deep, deep sleeper list. Let's put it that way. Um, as of July 25th, when we are recording this podcast, it is still, I hate to say this too many times, but I want to repeat it guys. And I know there's some drafts going on early and that is the reason why we start podcasting mid July in the industries. Cause we understand that. Uh, but a lot of these, you know, Jones and Barber's a perfect example. Uh, it's really tough in late July to say who's going to win that battle. Is it going to be a timeshare? Is Jones going to break out? Is Barber going to continue to be, uh, productive or can he be more consistent with this production because Barber's been a pretty good running back. I am in the group of people that tend to think Jones is going to break out this year. So if you're drafting early, this goes into the situation category. If you're in a situation where you need an RB2 slash three because you went heavy wide receiver, you're at, you know, uh, 
uh, mid part of the draft, mid to late part of the draft, Barber's still sitting there. Uh, people tend to forget about Barber. Uh, I can understand you taking Barber at that time. And as of today, I would probably do that because I haven't heard anything concrete. We've gotten a few tweets and a few uh, uh, sound bites about Jones possibly getting a bigger role this year and having this breakup, but there is nothing concrete. We haven't heard anything directly from camp yet. We will continue to monitor this, but if you're having a draft in the next few days, I know a lot of draft seasons start this coming weekend. At this time, I would lean Barber until I hear anything about Jones. If you draft Barber, if possible, if your team is set up to uh, to do this, and I think Jones, at least in the draft, the drafts I have done, the mock drafts and the few actual drafts I've done, Jones has slipped quite a bit. Jones and Barber, maybe it's because they're on Tampa Bay. Maybe it's because of Tampa Bay in the past. People keep forgetting that this is going to be an Arians, Bruce Arians offense this year. Don't forget about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh... Don't forget about Barber and Jones. They will still be used. I know that Arians loves to uh, throw the ball, but he does use his running backs. And uh, that will be a situation to watch. Uh, But just to let people know, if you get Barber, try to get Jones. If you're drafting this early, let it play out through the preseason. You can handle it um, as far as, as when the season starts, if it plays out either through letting somebody go or if you have them both, one of them is just a depth slash handcuff. And I'm not a big handcuff guy, and that's why I really, really am pushing if Jones, say if you get Barber, which is going to happen most of the time right now if people are drafting in the next few days, go get Jones late in the draft if uh, the league has fallen asleep on him. I know, even if you're not a handcuff guy like I am most of the time, that is not a bad situation because I do feel... Like Arians tends to pick a back and go with it. He's kind of old school in that category. Um, he doesn't run as much as I'd like, but he does use the back in passing situations a lot, and he will run enough uh, to slow things down at times there in Tampa Bay. Uh, he's a smart coach, and I do. it's not like they're not going to use the running backs is what I'm getting at. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a 50-50 timeshare. So that is something to talk about. I've been getting a lot of Barber Jones questions, and I just wanted to clear that up. So if you're drafting the next few days, yes, jump on Barber. Try to get Jones late. That could change as the preseason goes on. Say if Tampa Bay in a couple weeks is they're going to go ahead and go with Jones. If you draft early, you've got both of them. Then you just switch it, and you've got Barber as the depth slash handcuff and Jones. So that's my advice. Uh, if you don't have that chance to set it up that way, if I had to take a chance between the two as of July 25th, it would be Barber. All right, Julian Edelman. I wanted to get to this uh, pretty early on because it's something that has been bugging me uh, the last few days, and it kind of shocked me in the last few drafts, and I've been looking on all the websites, your fantasy pros, uh, you know your draft calculators and all that. Uh, Julian Edelman in the fourth round is ridiculous. I, I don't care. The Gronk and Julian Edelman connection does not make any sense. They are not just because you lose all those targets. And I know this is from the industry. This I hear this on the radio all the time and other podcasts. I understand the concept, and there is something to it. Yes, the targets go somewhere else. Those Gronk targets, catches, whatever you want to call it, are going to go somewhere else. But to say that just because Gronk is gone and they replace him with another tight end, that all of a sudden that just means that just because the talent 
you know, and I get it. He was a great talent, possibly the best tight end of all time. That all of a sudden Edelman's going to get this huge, if not huge, or any bump from last year because Gronk is out. I don't think so. I don't think they correlate at all. Yes, there's going to be some more targets, but they're going to bring in another tight end. They drafted Nikhil, uh, you know, they got Harry, uh, the wide receiver out of Arizona State. They drafted Big Boy. Uh, I think he is going to be a uh, big part of the red zone offense. You know, the Patriots, uh, they scare me outside of Brady, and I guess Gronk is gone now. Um, Over the years, there's always one or two players I feel safe with, but as a whole, the Patriots drive me nuts in fantasy. And I think this is a situation where uh, Belichick and that offense and that defense, uh, the way they approach things there in New England will drive you a little bit crazy on the fantasy end. Uh, but I do think that Edelman is going way too high. And honestly, it's really not even so much about his production because if Edelman played 16 games, the production would be amazing. The problem with Edelman, the reason by itself, outside of the talent and the past statistical categories, is he's hurt all the time. He's hurt right now. He already broke his thumb this preseason. I don't know if it was a break. I think it was some ligament damage. All I know is he's out three weeks already. Edelman. He could be one concussion away from ending his career. He's had a ton of concussions. I don't know the exact amount. Probably should have looked that up and I apologize, but he's had a ton of concussions. He gets hurt quite a bit with his size. He goes over the middle. He's not, I mean, I love the guy as a player and I'm sure most of you guys have seen him play. He's fun to watch, Uh, but he just gets beat up with the way he plays. It helps the Patriots when he's out there. He really, really is a good player and has great rapport with Brady. But if he's... I will not touch him before the sixth round. And most of the time in the sixth round, he's gone. So my advice on Edelman is if you're sitting there in the sixth and the league is kind of smart and they realize that he's not worth a fourth or fifth rounder, get him. Because I, I do, I think sixth round is about right. Because he is going to produce. It's just how much, how many games will he produce? Because the guarantee with Edelman, uh, I hate to say guarantee, but the probability with Edelman is if you get ten games out of Edelman, that's a win. I, I, uh, I would be shocked. There's always something. Trust me, week two, three, four comes around with Edelman. There's something going on. It'll be a thumb. It'll be a knee. It'll be a concussion. It'll be because of the way he plays. And I hate saying that because I love Julian Edelman as a player. Uh, And this is really only aimed at his ADP. Fourth round is just too early because of the injury risk. If you're looking at Edelman as your possible wide receiver one, you're in big, big trouble. Wide receiver two, even to me, because he is technically a wide receiver two. But I'm telling you right now, even though talent-wise, and he's going to get some production and way everything's lining up, wide receiver two, solid on paper. But I go back to the injuries. Is he really the guy that you want to put your wide receiver two, uh, uh, you know, credit towards? Do you want him to be that guy every week? And I wouldn't... Uh, I would start the season with him. I mean, week one, and he's going to, how long can you ride it out? Maybe he'll get 10 games in, eight straight weeks, 10 straight weeks. There you go. You got Edelman production, 
for that length of time. My problem is I lean towards you're going to be breaking up the season without him when you're going to get two or three weeks, then an injury, he's out for a couple weeks. Then he comes back for a week or two, maybe three, maybe four. Then he's out again for two or three. That is Julian Edelman. If you're willing to put up with that and you have a deep enough team and your first few keepers were strong enough that you feel like you can risk it and take Edelman early in the fourth or anywhere in the fourth, go for it. But that is not my advice at all. All right, another guy I've gotten a ton of emails on in the last few days, and I'm tr- I've answered it a hundred different ways with this kid. Josh Jacobs right now has actually fallen a bit. I think people are, it's this little pre-hard uh, knocks, little dip in the ADP for Jacobs. People are kind of on the fence with him, as they should be. That's what I'm getting at. I, I, he's not a guaranteed slam dunk RB1 by any means. Do I think the kid could be a solid RB2? I think he could be. I think his ceiling could be an RB, you know, low-end RB1. Uh this year, what is my prediction on him going into the season this early in camp? Uh, I think he could be a strong RB2. Probably a, a you know, mid-range RB2 is my prediction on him. And if that's the case, where he has slipped to in the uh, mid-third round... It's a little, little rich for my taste. I don't know if that is going to be where Josh Jacobs is going to give you the most value for your draft pick. And the problem with that is, as high as that is already, and people that know fantasy football and know how rookies can be, know that that's already pretty ridiculous. Uh, Mid-third round, and I wouldn't say ridiculous. I kind of get it. And He does have a lot of times from Alabama. You got an offense that's changing there in Oakland. I get the excitement. But you've got to realize that Josh Jacobs is going to be... Okay, they've got Antonio Brown. you still got Derek Carr at quarterback. They've got some more weapons there that should help Jacobs, uh, you know, have some lanes. But to take him that early, to take him as your second running back possible because what I'm getting at here all the main thing with Josh Jacobs that I'm worried about is Hard Knocks is coming up on HBO and a ton of people are going to watch Hard Knocks and they're going to love how the show pumps up the rookie running back because he's a rookie number one draft pick running back he's going to be a good piece of that Hard Knocks show here in the next few weeks And it happens every year, every hard knocks that has been around for the last 20 years or however long it's been around. There's one or two players on every hard knocks team that get bumped up ridiculously because people are watching the show. They're seeing them, you know, make some plays and catches in the show. And then it just skyrockets. So where he's at now at 42 ADP, uh, Josh Jacobs, I'm predicting after you know going into August, I know drafts happen at different times throughout August, but he's going to trickle up into that second round. And Josh Jacobs is not an RB one guy you need to be taking in the second round, at least not yet. And if you want to take that risk, let me make this clear too. In Dynasty now, that's a different different story. We're talking about just seasonal redraft right now. 
Okay. That is what we're talking about. Dynasty, email me and I'll give you, I'll try to cover it on future podcasts or whatever. Uh, but Dynasty is a different ball game. Uh, I want to make it really clear. We're talking about redraft, basic 12 team leagues. That's where the ADP is based on with Josh Jacobs. If you're one of those guys that's hit or miss and takes risks every year and uh, you feel like this year's guy that's going to go boom, uh, that nobody is uh, realizing is an RB1, high, you know, go for it with Jacobs. But my opinion is he is probably going to be a back-end RB2. Uh, he probably won't be there, but if I see him in the fourth or fifth round in any league, I would take him. Uh, but that, with hard knocks coming up, is definitely not going to happen. And I'm of the uh, I'm on the side of caution with him and uh, probably will not end up with too many, if any, outside of maybe some best ball leagues that I do. Uh, and of course, you know, things are a lot different in daily fantasy, but in redraft leagues, I probably won't end up with too many shares of Josh Jacobs because I am not willing to take him in the second or third round. That is way too high. All right, next guy I want to talk about is a uh, highly touted, talked about all over fantasy right now. And uh, looking at the emails, it's it's funny because he's all over the place. I got people that think he's going to blow up. I've got people that think that their offense is going to translate in Arizona to this amazing high-powered offense all of a sudden, just like that. And this guy is going to be the guy driving the bus, Kyler Murray. If you listened to my podcast at the end of last year, I wasn't really high on Kyler Murray. And to be totally honest, I wouldn't say I'm low on him. I just don't think he's going to blow up this first season. I think he's going to show flashes. He's dealing with a bad offensive line. He's dealing with an aging Larry Fitzgerald that I still think is going to produce over the middle. We're going to get to that uh, soon. My breakout... On that offense is Christian Kirk, but that is tied to Kyler. If Kyler has a pretty good rookie year, let's say he has you know hit or miss, but overall he has a good rookie season, doesn't make too many mistakes. The future looks bright. He flashes at times. If that happens, Christian Kirk, if he stays healthy, will have a breakout season because he will be that deep threat. And one thing Kyler does very well is throw the deep ball accurately. I think Christian Kirk will get the biggest... Uh, bump because of the addition of Kyler Murray. I do think Larry will get a bump as well. I think he's going to be productive. Do I think he's going to be old Larry? No, but I do think he's going to be a very valuable uh, wide receiver three uh, for a team that you can spot in from time to time. And it could go a lot better than we anticipate if Kyler really picks up the game and speed quickly. So uh, that is something you got to watch with Kyler. Uh, right now, Kyler Murray, you know, you just he's getting taken, you know, in the back end of drafts. Uh, I've seen him as high as mid draft, depending on how people uh, use their quarterbacks. Uh, so he's all over the place as he should be. I'm one of those guys that uh, you know, outside of a dynasty in dynasty league, if you're struggling in your dynasty league and you're looking to rebuild, or not a bad kid to take. Uh, because you can sit on him for a year or two and see how this plays out. And if it doesn't work, you move on because Dynasty, you can do that. In a redraft, you're trying to win this year right now. Uh, Kyler is very, very risky. If you draft Kyler Murray, uh, he better be the second quarterback you draft after you draft like a, you know, I don't know, one of those top tier, I won't even name a name. Any of those top tier quarterbacks, 
that's when you draft Kyler Murray on the back end and kind of see, see how that plays out. And if it plays out well, then you either try to trade, even though it's almost impossible to trade a quarterback these days. Uh, but if you do, you know, try to trade, if, even if it's for a low end something, you get something back and Kyler's blowing up and everybody's happy. So that's my approach with Kyler is to definitely, definitely, if somebody else wants to jump on him early in a draft, let him. And it may help him, may hurt him, but you got to realize quarterback is one of those positions where from the top to the bottom, there's not much difference. There's, you know, uh, let's put it this way. I'm sorry, I worded that wrong. 1 through 12, there's usually not a ton of difference as far as how many points are being scored weekly on average. So, you know, that's why quarterbacks are being taken a little bit later. People have gotten smarter over the years and realized that, uh, you know, there's you can get a quarterback that may not be producing as high as like an Andrew Luck or Mahomes, but you can get a second-tier quarterback or third-tier that score close to that and you focused on some other areas that those guys that took those quarterbacks early in, you may have that extra running back or wide receiver that scores, you know, the fantasy points that make up the difference. So it's one of those how you approach things. Uh, but for me, if you're taking Kyler Murray before the eighth round in any draft, you're taking a risk. Uh, how to handle holdouts. Uh, it, you know, it's a case by case in the holdouts and you've got to pay attention to that. Um, as far as keepers go with holdouts, I never, if I have a keeper that is going through a holdout, uh, Le'Veon Bell is really the only guy I think that throws a, a wrench in this. Uh, but I usually just hold, you know, hold out and wait. I know it's kind of a funny word to use there, but I, I wait. I wait and see. Don't freak out. The Chargers are going to want Melvin Gordon on the field. Right now, I know they're taking a hard stance. He is the biggest worry as far as the holdouts. Uh, but, I mean, it's Melvin Gordon. You just can't let the guy go because of a holdout. If he's one of your keepers, you just make sure you try to do something. Maybe get Eckler. Or if not Eckler, just make sure you get another back uh, in the draft. Uh, possibly, if you you know, depending on how many keepers you have, just make sure you load up in depth at running back or at least get that one running back that you think that can step in and uh, – uh, you know, mitigate that situation until Melvin gets back. I hope he doesn't even miss the game. He gets back in camp. Uh, but you never know how these are going to go down, these holdouts. Uh, but when it's players like Gordon, Michael Tom, Michael Thomas is in a better situation. He's only making a little over a million dollars. The Saints are going to pay Michael Thomas. I really believe that. I don't think they're going to start the season without him. So Michael Thomas is pretty safe. Um... Holdouts, basically, I just want to say don't, don't, especially right now in late July, hold on. If you draft, go ahead and keep them. If you're drafting this early, just if he's your keeper, there is no reason on July 25th or any, you know, around August 1st, if you hadn't heard anything yet, be patient. Melvin Gordon does not need to be dropped. This is money, it happens, it's the NFL. It'll get taken care of. I understand the Le'Veon Bell worries. I understand that. But even so, if you don't, if you let Melvin Gordon go or you do not keep him as a keeper, and then he signs in mid-August, I mean, you're just, you can't do that. You just can't do that. So uh, as far as holdouts, don't change anything. Just be patient. Even I know everybody on the emails are going to bring up Le'Veon Bell. I understand that. That was a weird situation. Le'Veon Bell's a strange dude. I get it. I get it. 
but don't base everybody else in the future on Le'Veon Bell. He was an isolated case. These other guys, it usually gets taken care of. Rarely do they hold out the entire season. It's very, very rare. All right, and lastly, uh, at least on my list, I might blab a little bit longer, but I want to get to Dalvin Cook. I know I talked about him at the beginning of the podcast. Um, I've got him in a couple leagues. He worries me. Um, I'm really debating on a trade with him. This is me personally. Uh, So I felt like it was something I needed to uh, talk about. Now, I don't trust his knees. I personally don't think he's going to play a full season. Uh, why would I with this track record? But the talent is so high, you really cannot pass on. It, uh, outside of my situation, let's talk about advice here. You have to take Dalvin Cook in the first or high-end second round. He is a top 10 running back in the NFL, talent-wise. Do I? Will I do that? No. My advice is uh, to other people is you have to make your own decisions. For me, I worry about Cook and his health. I do think when he's out there and he plays a full game for you that week, he's going to score you some points and possibly win you the week. Just on that alone, even if he plays for six, seven, eight weeks, those weeks he should get you some decent points, possibly enough to win you a week or help you win a week. That alone, I think, with his talent and what if he plays every game and wins a league for you, you have to take him where he's going, ADP, on top 10 running back. Absolutely. But for me, I don't like the knees. He's he's actually, I mean, uh, the season I drafted him, and I drafted him in a lot of leagues his rookie season, I mean, a non-contact injury worries me. And I know there's cutting and there's this and that, but man, you know, you just don't know when this kid's going to get hurt. And uh, it really sucks because Cooks, Dalvin Cook is a blast to watch. He's a great running back, very strong, very fast, cuts well. Um, he's been a blast to watch since he's come in the league when he's on the field. But uh, I thought he just fits in that category with Marlon Mack, even though Mack played you know more games than I thought he would last year, uh, that they have a ton of talent. They just got to stay on the field. David Johnson, the last couple of years, same thing. Can you stay on the field? Do you have to take him? first you know top end of uh you know drafts david johnson you have to but the risk is there the guy he injures this injures that there's always something he's dealing with uh so um you know dalvin cook david johnson those two guys yes continue to take them where the adp is if they're there and you're at the top end of a draft and uh you know middle of the first round or whatever top end of the first round those are your guys go for it uh but those are two guys rb ones that worry me a little bit uh, but does not change their ADP. I still say draft them because you just can't predict the future. I'm strictly talking about patterns in the past, and that is what uh, doing what I'm doing right now, that's what it's all about, is giving you the best advice based on what we've seen in the past. And with Dalvin Cook, that is my advice. It's conti- yes, take him, but he needs to be a guy. If you have Dalvin Cook as your RB1, and a lot of people will, you need to make sure you get a strong RB2. Because if you don't, Get a strong, and I mean possibly another RB1-ish guy that could blow up and be an RB1-ish or just, you know, another killer at a running back. And then also depth. Try to get one of those rookies or a third or so, you know, in the middle of the draft, fourth, fifth, sixth round, seventh round, whenever you choose to do that. Make sure you get depth because if you get Dalvin Cook, there is a ton of risk that he is not going to be on the field for you all every single game. Make sure you get depth for Dalvin Cook. Continue to take him where he's at. 
make sure you get depth. Same with Marlon Mack. Ton of talent. Could possibly win you weeks. Hurt all the time. Make sure you are you have a strong RB1 if you get Marlon Mack. Or depth at running back. A couple guys that could definitely blow up or can step in. That's Marlon Mack to me is a perfect way to get like Lamar Miller in the sixth. If you get Mack early, go get yourself a Lamar Miller. If something happens to Mack, Miller is serviceable. He's not going to win a week for you or anything, but Miller can give you some numbers that could help. He's one of those guys uh, that I think could step in. You know, Drake too. Uh, so a lot of people are jumping up on Kenyon Drake. Uh, but, you know, somebody like Kenyon Drake that could be your uh, depth RB, you know, three. He's really an RB2, but I would take Drake as my third running back on a team. I would, I would lean towards not making Drake your solid RB2 because – Everything I'm hearing out of Dolphins camp, that's a little risky. There may be a true timeshare with Balazs there. Nobody knows. Um, but, uh, you know, track record-wise, uh, Drake has had a tough go of it the first couple seasons here in the NFL as far as luck and opportunity. And I think that's going to continue with Balazs. There's a new staff there, so we really can't predict because it's not Adam Gase anymore. So the Dolphins are a little uh, – we're blind a little bit this offseason. We don't know, we're assuming he's going to take the Patriots' approach and take that down to Miami. We'll see. We will see. The new coach there in Miami uh, hopefully can get some um, some things turned around and get some production out of that offense uh, because, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick at quarterback, it's you're not going to win anything this year in Miami. They understand that. It's trying to get Josh Rosen in eventually and uh, slowly build towards something. Um, that's why they tried to get as much Patriot – action into their organization as they could they want a little bit of that juju and i understand that i understand that it was a good move by the dolphins i think this uh this is going to be a very interesting team more interesting team to watch than people think a lot of people are sleeping on the dolphins i don't think they're going to make the playoffs or anything but i do think they're going to be better than people think they are Uh, i think they'll be right there around seven and nine ish uh maybe eight and eight if things go really well there in miami uh that is going to cover what I planned on talking about today. I really wanted to focus on the emails that I'm getting. I tried to gather up what I'm getting asked about the most. Uh, feel free to uh, tweet me. Feel free to continue to email me at toddsfantasypicksgmail.com. On Twitter, at InsideFFWT. Uh, to get in touch, uh, ask me anything on Twitter or uh, however you want to handle Twitter, uh, just uh, throw it at me. I'll, I'll deal with it uh, question-wise. I'm, I'm not afraid to answer any questions. Or if you just want to banter and talk about fantasy football, I'm always available for that as well. Uh, any questions, guys, feel free to hit me up. Um, I know right now we're in go time. I'm getting a lot of different questions. The next few podcasts, I'm going to continue to do the same thing, whatever I can do to help you in your drafts, and I'm going to try to cover the questions that are getting asked the most. Until next time, guys, I'm out. <laughs>